Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews. Hi, this is Alara. Welcome back to our podcast. Rick tells me that spring is right around the corner, as it should be in March in Southern California. My hubby has to actually inform me of that fact because I am still planted in a chair almost exclusively right now, and I can't go outside much to see it for myself. If you've been listening to our podcast recently, you might remember that my poor damaged hardware-laden foot will leave me non-weight-bearing for another few months. Damn it. My usual indicator of spring is the lush greenery in our yard. Here in San Diego, where the average annual rainfall is supposed to be 8 to 10 inches, that lushness only pops up after the spring rains, even with a religious irrigation schedule for food-based vegetation. The non-spring sparseness is especially pertinent here in the last decade or so, when rain is more the exception than the rule. Though this year you may have heard that we're getting water out of the sky in volume on the West Coast. Atmospheric rivers indeed, but we do need it. There are a few other things that usually put me in mind of springtime. The marketing signage in all the stores tells us that Easter's headed our way, which leads to thoughts of bunnies and chicks and do we add to our flock conversations in the Bowman household. And then there's lambing. That's one that has become a biggie in our springtime thoughts since we started our agriculture journey and has become even more pertinent for the Bowmans over the last two years. We're living the vicarious life of a farmer because our in-house intern, Emily, is once again pitching in for the March lambing cycle up at Joy and Martin's, a.k.a. Shepherd's Lane. We'll talk about that one again next week, but just know that Em usually has bottle baby duty up there, so if she hasn't clocked many sleeping hours while residing in the state of Oregon. Rick and I are counting sheep at night as we go to bed, and Emily is listening to Feed Me at 1 a.m. and 3 and 4. Not quite the same thing for all parties, I don't think, regardless of the fact that we're ruminating in the same ballpark. <laughs> ruminating. Ha! <laughs> Sheep humor. Okay, yes, I do get dopey from sitting on the sofa. Sheep are not the only thing we hear a lot about from Emily up there on the farm. She's an animal girl, and she loves most of the critters she meets, but I believe she has a soft spot for the dogs and some of the most important members of the canine community on any sheep farm are the tireless workaholics known as the herders. At Shepherd's Lane, those are from the breed known as the Border Collie, and at any time there seem to be at least three generations and various levels of skill present. No matter which category of maturity or development though, these valiant canines are integral members of the working farm population, human or otherwise. And this brings us to our podcast guest today. We met Tayan Albran and Willow at the entrance to the event center at the National Western Stock Show this year, where Tayan was focused on her upcoming moments in the stock dog trials, and young Willow was focused on smiling at everyone who walked in the door. I think that if Willow doesn't make it in the herding universe, she definitely has a career in the meet and greet circuit. Willow's a border collie, and this breed is well known as the backbone on any farm that requires anything to ever be herded. 
According to the Border Collie Society of America and the American Kennel Club, here are some of the basic breed characteristics. Height is 19 to 22 inches for males and 18 to 21 inches for females. They weigh 30 to 55 pounds and they have a life expectancy of 12 to 15 years. They come in two coated varieties, smooth and sleeker looking, or rough coated, which has those beautiful feathers on the chest, underside, and the back portions of the legs. They're not a dog that's excessively trimmed if they're shown, and they should be presented naturally. Although many people often picture these dogs as black and white or brown and white, they do come in all colors. A constant is that they're lithe, extremely agile, and they're flexible. They have balance, grace, and endurance. Their temperament is energetic, intelligent, keen, alert, and responsive, though the BCSA states that they may be sensibly reserved towards strangers. I can't say as I blame them for that. They have an intense herding stare called the eye, which is one of their hallmark characteristics. They're excellent at anything requiring intelligence, quickness, and athleticism, so they shine on a disc throwing or an agility course. We've put links both to the BCS and the AKC in our intro, and I hope you go to visit these websites for more information. One thing they mention, though, is that this breed has an uncanny ability to reason and work out of sight of its master without commands. That is pretty impressive when you think about it. You can't even always expect even most young humans to do that. Uh, not meaning our intern, of course, right, Em? <laughs> Needless to say, Border Collies are highly intelligent members of the herding dog class, and they're well-known workaholics. If you've known anybody that has one, these two characteristics of intelligence and the drive to work can be one of the best and the worst things about them, depending on who owns them and their living situation and how amenable the general population in their vicinity is to being, well, herded. Herding is such a strong drive with these guys that people in the cities can have serious behavioral issues with their pet if they think they have just a pet. These dogs need a job or they can be obnoxious. I have a friend named Jim here in San Diego who has rescued more than one border collie over his lifetime. He's an incredibly active guy and even though he rollerblades daily and runs on the beach with his dog, it's still a battle to make sure that the dog, one, gets enough exercise to tone down its neurotic work tendencies, and two, does not veer off in the midst of a run in an attempt to herd people, or herd ducks by the bayside, or herd rocks and trees that look too disorganized for the dog's comfort. Okay, so this usually just applies to anything that's somehow moving. But sometimes I think the rock and tree thing might apply with these dogs. It's a majorly significant drive that has been imprinted into their DNA. But these characteristics that can make a city dog nutty and obnoxious and neurotic can be the salvation of a working farmer. Those traits were specifically selected to create this breed after all. I watch Martin and Joy in the farm and I truly believe that their faithful border collie Gypsy has been the work equivalent of an additional person, except that she can run faster and direct sheep better and doesn't require workers' comp insurance and she knows which way is counterclockwise without having to think about it too much. Don't believe me on that last part? Listen up. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Tay and Aubran of Colorado and the Young Willow. I'm thinking of both of them for my sofa spot and I'm hoping they're currently running with abandon across the green fields for all of us who can't for another few months.
Hi, good morning. Good morning. Would you introduce yourself, please? I am Tayan Albrandt, and this is my dog, Willow. Willow, okay, so now you, Willow has already somewhat introduced herself at the front doors when we walked in the center here. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Very, very friendly little dog that you yes. have. Has yes. she always been like that? Oh, yeah, always, always a sweetheart. She wouldn't hurt a fly. Wow. She, she herds everything. She herds everything. But she doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell me what you're doing here with her at the center. So I'm doing stock dog herding. We're going to do cattle today. So we're going to herd some cattle. And hopefully it'll be good. Good run. Now tell me, when you have a stock dog, is, is it something where they only herd cattle? Or sometimes they, they'll do sheep? or is They'll it... do sheep. They'll do geese and ducks. <laughs> they'll do, yeah. I think I would she, pay money to would, see that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this dog would herd anything if she could. Now, we were on a farm in Oregon, and they have uh, border collies that help them do all of their herding. And they said that, that a dog is absolutely the most indispensable tool, a herding dog, a good one, yes. on, a, on a sheep farm or a ranch like that. Yes, ma'am. This very much replaces not just one person, but maybe two sometimes, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So no, the purpose of the dog is to do what? Because dogs are commonly thought to be protection, but that's not the purpose. Of it. So these dogs specifically are meant to move stock where you want them to. They're not to protect, but to herd, to move the stock. You'll see like Great Pyrenees, those are meant to protect the stock. So. These guys are meant to move them. And, and obedience is a critical thing. She's up on this chair and yes, probably has never been up on a chair like this before, I'm assuming, and yet she's kind of handling it with yeah. good, good grace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of other things with her too, like obedience and alley. So she knows a few things. So would, was she like this from birth? Because I, I remember on the, the farm, we were, we were, they had puppies. Mm -hmm. and. I think they had probably had two sets of puppies and only one or two really you could see right off the bat were there, but one, I mean, that little dog was still in the roly-poly stage and she was herding chickens and the mm. peacocks. She was really trying to herd everything and instinctively knew that she needed to move animals. Is that always the case? I mean, I didn't start herding with her till she was two. So... And she was scared at first. I had to introduce her and she did good after. But when they're pups, you can usually tell if they're going to be good at herding or not. But yeah, she was a naughty puppy, let's just say that. <laughs> well, when, when uh, she first started, is there a tendency to, to nip at the animal? Because that, you would think that that's what makes the animal move. I see. Mm -hmm. I see. She doesn't like to nip their hocks, which is their back leg. She doesn't like to nip there, but she likes to nip at their nose to turn them. But she's never actually gripped before, which is, you know, hang on. But yeah, it's a tendency that they have to nip. Yeah. Now, when you tra how long did it take you to train or to, to move the animals in the way that you wanted them to move? So border collies are usually pretty natural at it. You'll see it. They'll crouch down and they'll start moving and they'll move off of you. They like to bring the stock to you. It's called a fetch. You know how you throw a ball or whatever the, and they'll bring it back. That's what they're doing with the stock is they're going to bring it to you. And that's naturally what a border collie has. That's 
an amazing skill set. Yes. Because they, they it's they, natural. It's crazy. But it's not just to bring the animal to you. It's to move them in certain places uh -huh. that are not necessarily you. Have to, you. you have to teach them to drive, which is pushing them away, mm -hmm. and penning them. So, you know, pushing them into a pen. Yeah. Okay, you so we have, have a lot of skill. We have driving, pushing them away, mm -hmm. and fetching, which is bringing them to you, and penning, which is putting them in a pen. But I'm assuming that when you have, uh, when you have stock, you might have one pen on the left or a pen on the right. How do you tell them which pen to go to? Well, what you usually do is you'll stand at the gate, and they'll bring the stock to you and push them in, because you're going to hold the gate open and help push the stock in. It's a team effort with penning. And, and is, or do you use the whistle commands that some people do? I am trying to switch to that, but right now it's verbal commands, which is away and come by, and that'll do. And away, so away is counterclockwise direction for the dog. You're telling me the dog really knows counterclockwise yes. and clockwise? That's <laughs> yes. That's amazing. And then come by is uh, uh, clockwise, and then that'll do is you're done hurting. And then down, you need a down. Now, I've seen down. that often because sometimes yes. the animals get a little scared, mm -hmm. right? And so the dog needs to either, is, is, it, is it because the animals are scared or because you just want to lower the presence somehow? It can be scared, it can be they're putting too much pressure, it can be they're naughty, they're being naughty. So you need to down them in order to, you know, stop them. You need to stop them so that, you know, whatever is happening, you kind of shut their brain off a little because they're stopped, and yeah. Yeah, but this, this, this is a dog, you can tell just from the way she's sitting here, the brain never stops, really. No. They're very, very never. active. Is it, very. This is why I'm assuming that if they don't have a job, they get a little nutty around the house. Mm -hmm. Yes, very much so. And that's why, you know, people who live in towns need, when they get a border collie, they need to do something with them, or else, you know, They'll get a little crazy. So. Are you a little crazy? Huh? <laughs> yes. Are you a good dog? She's being very good because this is a lot going on here. Yes. It, if so, she's getting pet, she's she's perfect. Very sweet little dog. Yeah. Now, are, are all Border Collies good pets as well? Or sometimes that doesn't necessarily work because they're more in tune with the animal universe than the people? So, yeah, they're more independent. Um, they can be really good dogs if you give them a job. They can be amazing dogs, amazing. She is just very much alert to everything that's going yes. on here. So why did you bring her here to the show? Are you, are you showing, are you ribboning, are you selling? What's the story? I'm just showing just to, you know, get some, you know, titles, get some points for her because she's a registered Border Collie so we can get points to go to her name and just to come to Stock Show, to come compete at Stock Show, yeah. Well, I would think that because there's this amount of training, it's very much like a horse that's, that's, that's trained to jump or, or um, oxen that are trained to pull. You, at some point, you, you really, this becomes a very valuable dog. This is yes. an investment as much as anything. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm just gonna ask, because I do accounting in my other life, how much does a dog like this cost if you just buy it? And then how much if it's a trained dog that really knows what to do? So if you're getting them as a pup and you're going to train them up, I mean, 
the, those prices can range. I mean, we've seen different breeders, and they'll go up to like, it'll be five hundred to a thousand dollars. But if there's a trained dog, they have auctions, of course, for these dogs, and I've seen them go for like forty-five thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, that's you know that's a salary of a person for a year. Mm -hmm. So if you get ten years out of a stock dog. Mm -hmm. I mean that's a that is an investment that's well worth it. But forty five thousand oh, yeah. dollars that's you know, do I buy the dog or the tractor? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So in a way this is one of those things that at, if you're gonna have animals that require any kind of herding at all, this is one of the more critical components. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So do do most stock dogs sleep with the animals or do they sleep with the people? They sleep with the people usually, but if you have you know, Great Pyrenees, maybe German Shepherd yeah. or whatever, they'll sleep with the animals yeah. to protect them. So she's more a, a, an extension of you rather than an extension of the sheep. Mm -hmm. So I, I say sheep, but it could be cattle, it could be anything, right? Mm -hmm. Are they most commonly used with sheep or are cattle very common as so well? So Border Collies, they're mainly used with sheep. I mean, they originated from the UK. They were bred on the border to move sheep. But now, you know, the breeding has grown and they're getting more gritty to where they can herd cows. Because this is a teeny little animal here, really, oh, yeah. when it comes down to but it. This is not can, a huge dog. Yeah, they can be firecrackers. Are you feisty? Huh? She's so good. Like you see the little cattle dogs, the healers. The, the Australian healers. type, uh-huh. Uh-huh, the Australian cattle dog, yeah. And they can be tiny little things and they have some fire in them. Definitely one of the sweeter dogs. I yeah. absolutely just thank wonderful. you. So you are going to go home and and uh, work on her a little more, or is this something that you think you want to do in life as trained dogs? I want to do this in life. I love it so much. Very rewarding. I would think it would be kind of tough though, when you think about it, because you have you spend all this time with this animal and you love it, and then you have to get rid of it with mm -hmm. to some to hopefully somebody else that's going to yep. give it as good a life as you have. Yeah. 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 But it's critical. Mm -hmm. Absolutely critical. Well, thank you so much for speaking yeah. with us. Yes, ma'am. And I, I did not ask you, where do you live? I live in um, LaSalle. In uh, Colorado, mm -hmm. right? Yes, yeah, ma'am. So, so she gets oh, yeah. cold and snow here, too. Oh, yeah. This is not unusual for her. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you for speaking with us. Yes. Yes, thank you guys for interviewing thank me. Thank you, Willow. This is great. You good, Doug? <laughs> Spring reminds us of the cycles of life. For our household, we also had some opposites of this coin. This week, we lost another one of those little lights in our life, our dear Silver Lace Wyandotte, hand named Jemima. Of all our girls, she was our conversationalist. She never failed to respond to me no matter what time of day or night. Every time I said hello as I walked out to the laundry shed or called a good morning out of the back window, our coop has been very silent over the last few days. We're very thankful, though, that this beautiful chicken had 11 years of lap sitting and a very healthy, active life. 11 is pretty impressive for a chicken, as I understand it. Our girl came to us as a freshly hatched chick from our friends at Carter's Feed in Lakeside, California. And we thank them for many happy years with our beautiful, friendly, wonderful girl.
If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening. We'd like to thank Tan and her dog Willow for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more information about the Border Collie, please visit our links in the bio. We'll see you next episode with another adventure. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions. All rights reserved. Copyright 2023.